This episode is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. If you're looking for a superhero-themed mobile game, look no further. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes like Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. The game is currently celebrating its 6 year anniversary, and they're letting new users in on the celebration by providing free stuff, courtesy of our unique link in the show notes. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses, and if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all of the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code, so new users can follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Thanks to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Hello everyone and welcome to Slash Film Daily. Today is Friday, December 22nd, 2023. On today's episode of the show, I'm going to be joined by composer and narrator Gavin Friday to talk about his short film, Peter and the Wolf. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at SlashFilm.com and I hope you all are having a happy holiday season. Uh, Let's get into it here. So short films are often overlooked, but they've gotten a bit of a spotlight this year more than usual, because some big names have made shorter projects this year. Wes Anderson made The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar and three other shorts for Netflix. Pedro Almodovar made Strange Way of Life that starred Ethan Hawke and Pedro Pascal. And another big name behind a different short film this year is Bono, the frontman for U2. Peter and the Wolf is based on a book that was developed by Bono and his longtime friend Gavin Friday back in the early 2000s as a charity endeavor. Bono created the artwork for that book, and this film adaptation is based on his illustrations. He also wrote the script for this, which modernizes the story a little bit. And the story of Peter and the Wolf has been told a bunch of times over the years. It's a very famous symphony. Even if you don't immediately recognize the name of it, you likely recognize the music. Yeah, you know, you get the drift. Uh, There are motifs that represent different characters in the story that are played by single instruments. Like the character of Peter is typically represented by a string quartet, a bird is played by a flute, an oboe represents a duck, horns represent the wolf, so on, so on. But I think the coolest aspect of this adaptation is what it looks like visually. You can see it in the trailer and you'll hear Gavin Friday explain, but the filmmakers here did this really fascinating thing where they created physical sets and filmed those and then overlaid animated characters on top of those practical locations. And I think the result is really breathtaking. It's it's the only thing that I can think of that's even close to this is Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where animation quote unquote interacts with the physical aspects of the, you know, the, the physical sets in really interesting ways in that movie. But that film is like so amped up and like over the top and comedic, you know, purposely comedic. And this project is much more down to earth and uh, about heavier themes like grief and loss and processing, you know, major uh, life events for a younger kid. So anyway, the the it's one of the most beautiful shorts I've seen in a long, long time. And um, I think it's worth your time. I think it's worth checking out, especially as we head into this period where everybody's just going to be like sitting around with their families. You know, you could throw this on and it will probably satisfy a lot of the, the family members that you might have sitting around a living room looking for something to, to watch. So uh, a few weeks ago, I had the chance to speak with Gavin Friday about the unique look of this movie, how it all came together and his incredible 
incredible narration for the project and a bunch of other things. So here is my conversation with Gavin Friday. Hi, Gavin. How are you? How are you? I'm great. Congratulations on the project. This is uh, an extremely, extremely beautiful short. I was very impressed by a bunch of aspects of it, um, especially the look, which I don't think I'd ever seen anything like that. And I, I know that this is based on Bono's artwork, and I understand that you and he are, are very good friends. I was yeah. wondering if you remembered your first reaction to seeing his versions of these characters. Well, his versions, it goes back 20 years when we put this out in book form and, and CD in 2003. And the drawings were his drawings. I recorded it and we, we did it for the Irish hospice as a charity thing. And he worked off the fairy tale and, and, and my music as an inspiration for his paintings. And then about five years ago, we got the rights of that recordings back. And we always had in the back of our minds to let's venture into making an animation. And we started going there, but it was quite tricky in that, a lot of his paintings are quite, uh, let's say, expressive and punky and quite painterly rather than, you know, and to animate something like that was. So we had a bit of a conundrum with, with the animators. How do we keep the essence of Bono's drawings, but actually make the fairy tale itself uh, have some heart? Personally, I'm not a huge fan of digital stuff. And we we wanted to keep that almost DIY punk rock thing about the, the drawings. So we decided to go old school and build the sets. So all the sets in the movie, that like the grass, the trees, it's wood, the cars, the chair Peter sits on, they're all like physical sets. And, and then we got the 2D uh, animation within that. Uh, and... The biggest conundrum we had was we had to sort of relook at the tale uh, 20 years later because the folk story is quite an old Russian-Ukrainian folklore thing that Prokofiev put to music 100 years ago, but the world has changed an awful lot. Like one of the big conundrums we have, well, we're not going to send the wolf to the zoo or we're not going to kill the wolf. So we had to reinvent it and rewrite it uh, and, and do a sort of a more, a more sort of, let's say a more caring rendition. It, it was to sort of like, it, because it was for a charity again, for the Irish hospice, we sort of leaned into that whole thing about loss, like questions when we were looking at, the, when I was looking at the retelling, why was Peter living on his own with his grandfather? why uh okay is it because his parents have died so it, it became like yeah the real gift was for me when we started working on this uh we worked with these animators called blink and the, the first meeting we had was the first week of lockdown and this became because and all our other work was stopped so this became the main thing and HBO who then were bought up by Max who brought out the animation that it became our thing to do during the whole two years of lockdown. Mm -hmm. So we jumped into it like nobody's business. And it was sort of a godsend that lockdown was there because we could develop the story and develop the whole characters. 
and it was all made within that 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 ear that that timeline of the two years when the world was weird. Did things change a lot from the version that you had twenty years ago to the version? I mean, obviously, you guys, when you you know twenty years ago, you're talking about updating the story for the modern yeah. era. Did you have to then re-update it again for 2023? We did, yeah. I mean, musically, we we, we brought it into. I mean. Prokofiev originally wrote it as an introduction to the instruments of the orchestra. Now, before I recorded it 20 years ago, I performed it with a, 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 a student uh, orchestra, a, a student orchestra and in front of a, a, a live audience. And I felt when I was there going, you know, the kids don't really care about the instruments. They just want to hear the story. And, and I, I typically went into that sort of theatrical dark thing. So when I went to record it, I said, the kids just want to be hear a scary tale. Uh, let's 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 like bring in banjos and, and let's 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 imagine that this is being underscored for a Tim Burton movie. And that was my touchstone. So we brought in sort of percussion players and banjos and made it darker and a bit more gothic than all the other renditions you would know. And, and we kept that essence in, in the black and white animation too. Like, you know, the big bad wolf really is an analogy for kids not to be afraid of the big bad world out there. You know, it isn't just the wolf. It's a sort of a, a rites of passage of a kid losing his parent and and forming a friendship with his, fa- his grandfather and becoming a young man. So mm-hmm. I, I really like the fact that we had the hospice there. It, it just sort of made total sense to go down that whole way of making something that is almost a poetic bam for kids for anything they lose. Yes. Uh, at the same time, have a dramatic and scary. And I mean, it's quite like the capture of the wolf is quite dramatic. You know, it's quite, it's quite a thing. And I love the fact that it's more old school than the contemporary sort of digital thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the instrumentation because it's definitely more subtle here than the versions that I remember, you know, from my childhood. Um, And yeah, it sounds like that was one of your key uh, driving forces behind creating this was like not hitting the audience over the head with the characters motifs in the same way that previous versions were. Exactly. And and it's sort of motifs we've, we we subconsciously have heard since we were little kids and it's, you could whistle it and people would go, I know that tune, you know, but I was sort of going, no, it's theater, it's cinema. It's, it's a story. You want to feel that wolf's presence and the omnipresence of like bass clarinets with cellos. And you really like the wolf is scary. And, And then that sort of, rattle tattle thing of when the grandfather is walking it's gone green green it's sort of all creaky and we use a brilliant percussionist uh one of tom the waits players uh, uh michael blair played percussion so we really went in with the percroft arrangement in a way that like reinvented it 20 years ago when we did the arrangement uh we broke all the rules but we had to send it to the percroft society to get it sign off and 
his son, who was alive then in Paris, and his grandson, Gabriella, uh, in London, they both adored it. They said, no, this this is reinventing it. This is what folk music should do. It should fit into, it should progress the way stories progress and the way music progresses. Yeah. Do you so, remember being nervous when you sent that off to them for the first time to see if, you know, how they would feel about it? We were very nervous because we spent a fortune recording it and we didn't ask permission. And then when we went, the, our publisher says, you you need per- permission. Uh, this isn't public domain. It is public domain this year, but uh, it wasn't public domain 20 years ago. But they loved it. We we, we, we actually had a good drink with uh, Gabriel Pukovky of, uh, and he just like, I love this. He says, I know my granddad would have loved it. So, you know, we, we felt blessed then. So, uh, yeah. And, and and now this new rendition where the the narrative is quite different. And, and you know what? It is proper order. You don't put a wolf in prison or, or, or a zoo or you don't kill an animal. So it, it needed that update. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was going to ask you about your approach to the voiceover narration, which is just so wonderful in this. There's a, a real timeless quality to your intonations, which, which sort of gives this project a feeling of simultaneously giving you the sense of danger and also being alluring at the same time. So I was wondering what the process was like for you of just finding the right way to read these lines. Well, I come from a, a background that's quite complex in that, like I started off at, in a band called the Virgin Prunes in the late punk era. And we were known as Gothic and it was quite sort of, you know, this would have, I think we would have frightened Marilyn Manson is the truth. Uh, but uh, so that, that sort of love of sort of, I've always been attracted to that darker side and that storytelling. And, and like, if you want to see a scary movie, you want to go there. But also I, I've worked a lot in soundtrack and score and, and I've done acting and narrative and I go, you got to get into the character and become this other person, the narrator that can switch into the duck or switch into the little bird or it, it just switches. And, and the beautiful thing when we were working on the animation, the animators are going with Gavin, like you jump from actual narrator into characters. Uh, the kids might get confused and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and one of the directors came up with the idea is to make the narrator, well, the kids need to see a narrator. And I guess we can't put a new character in. I says, well, we can have you as a fly with this big, deep voice. And uh, and, and the, hence the little fly. Became, and it's it's a real godsend because the children, like there's a book version out as well. And, and the fly brings you onto the next page. So it becomes almost this sort of visual MC rather than just a narrator. Yeah. So, uh, but... I, I just went there theatrically. I mean, I, 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 I'm a believer of like, you know, that Hansel and Gretel, a fairy tale, keep it old, keep it old school, but make it scary, you know, but not mm. in not in a way that like you give kids nightmares, not a slasher. Do you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned um, the project or the, uh, I guess the score being in the public domain now, and then you guys getting the rights back a little while ago. Is that why it took... I guess, 20 years to, to actually bring this to the screen? 
No. Uh, 20 years ago, we, we brought it out as a book and a CD. And uh, it was came out in Bloomsbury, the infamous, I think they're behind Harry Potter. And we there was talk of an animation, but we, we, we went on our way. And when it came back, I got a, a message about four or five years ago saying, oh, you have the rights of this recording back. And I went, wow, we've never put this up on streaming. And I mean, there was the Internet was only beginning to take off 20 years ago. So we went, wow, maybe we put it out. And, and my publisher was now is the, the behind BMG Records. And he just says, why don't we look into making an animation of this and re-record a narrative and put it out? on vinyl cd and a book and go the whole hog uh, but keep it again for charity for, for the hospice so it became sort of um yeah it, it, it wasn't like a big plan uh and then it just came well this is here but i really thank uh lockdown because yeah. I, I was about to go in and record another album of mine and we couldn't but we could work on this via a thing called zoom which now we all can't get away from you know it's yeah so yeah it's it's really thanks to the lockdown that this is out now yeah so i probably only have time for one more question for you but um i was just wondering if there was an element of peter and the wolf that you are the most proud of this version you know whether it's a, a piece of the composition or like a particular line read or any sort of creative decision anything that stands out to you as being you know particular you're particularly proud of it i'm pr i think the animation is really beautiful and it's quite provocative in a certain way we had like i was talking about this sort of expressive look of Bono's drawing and we we're going how can we animate that wolf and we we almost made it like to make kids think outside of the box as well inside that is a real wolf but this is the idea in the kid's head and what's so brilliant it is kids are smarter than you think they sort of got it oh that's the wolf he's afraid of but the real wolf is not a bad wolf but so all of that and I, I quite like the way the mind game and the educational aspect and then for me that scene with all the ropes of catching the wolf it's just it's like a ballet I think it's so beautiful so I'm most happy with the with everything but the animation I think is very beautiful Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, again, congratulations on the project. It's really, really gorgeous. Thank you for your support, sir. Thank you, Ben. All right. I hope you all enjoyed that. We are not going to have an episode of the podcast on Monday, but my plan right now is to present a bunch of different interviews over the course of next week, um, the, the other days next week. So stay tuned. Hopefully I'll be able to make that happen. Um, have a great, fantastic Christmas and... Yeah, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Slash Film Daily is typically published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Overcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe to our newsletter. There is a link for that in the show notes. Send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at bpearson at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thanks for listening. Have a Merry Christmas, and we will talk to you all next week.